Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast, where we will be bringing together the best technical leaders from across the industry to discuss passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Lewis Burks, and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the project services market, and I will be your host today. Welcome to the latest episode of the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across Australia to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Lewis Burks, and my role here at Evolution, as well as being your host today, is connect businesses with talented contractors in the project services market. Today, I'm joined by Maria Montgomery from UniSuper and also the IIBA chair for the Melbourne branch, Mike Harris from Endeavour Group, and Richard Harrison from Australia Post to discuss a topic that I know they all feel very passionate about, creating career paths for junior business analysts in the corporate world. Before we get started with today's questions and topics, let's get some introductions for our speakers today. Maria, do you want to kick us off and make your first introduction? Sure. Uh, as you mentioned, Maria Montgomery, I have been in a business science space for over 30, 30 years, three decades, um, just shows my age. And I'm a passionate leader in business analysis, as well as a writer uh, and an author, a writer articles and an author of the art of getting business analysis right. I also run um, masterclasses as well as mentorship programs um, tailored for different levels of business analysis. So that's my side project. So I'm quite a very busy person and from my daily activities within my current role, I also, um, I guess, do a a lot of management and leadership um, from a strategic level to business analysis. Um, Yeah, so that's, that's me. Thank you, Maria. For anybody listening to this that follows Maria on LinkedIn, you will appreciate just how busy she is outside of her day-to-day role as well. <laughs> and I know actually, Richard, that you've uh, you've been to talks that Maria's done as well. So yes. uh, anybody that decides to follow Maria after listening to this as well will get a really good insight to that. <laughs> um, Mike, do you... sorry, go ahead, Maria. I was going to say I like being busy and and thanks for following me on LinkedIn. I, I, I feel like I had value. I get lots of comments um, for whatever I post on LinkedIn, which is good. It's uh, it's it's very very strong branding. I think it's uh, it's a massive positive. Um, Mike, do you want to go next? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm Mike. I'm uh, oh, 37 years into an IT career. Um, not always as a business analyst. I've done a few other things while I've been at it, but. For probably the last 20 plus years, BA has been the main part of it. Um, I haven't been as active as Maria outside my work. <laughs> I don't think anybody could be. But over the last couple of years, I've been starting to get a bit more active outside of work. I did a couple of presentations at um, Festival of Business Analysis, one in Adelaide, one in Sydney. Um, and just generally talking to younger BAs as well. Um yeah, so hopefully I can pass something on as I reach the end of my career, which won't be for a little while yet. <laughs> I like the little caveat there at the end, Mike. <laughs> Thank you so much, mate. Uh, and last but by no means least, Richards. Uh, I've been with Australia Post, as you say, for nearly seven years as a business analyst. Uh, the last two and a bit years as business analyst lead, uh, managing uh, BAs. Prior to Australia Post, I worked in a number of uh, different industries. So I've been uh, being a business analyst for about 15 years. Uh, so I feel a bit like a, a baby next to these guys. Um, prior to that, I came in from a data analyst background. So just doing a lot of data and reporting. And um, yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. 
Well, guys, really appreciate the introductions. Good to uh, good to set out the experience that you guys are all coming at this for our for our listeners before we dive into the topic. So, um, I expect we're going to get some really great conversation and detail out of today's, uh, given that we've gone for some wide ranging topics. And I know from speaking with each of you, some real life examples to back up some of what we're going to talk about as well. So, um, the first topic or kind of question that we're going to dive into is uh, something that you posed to the group, Richard. So that question is, what are the different routes into a career as a BA and how do you encourage people from other crafts or professions to pursue this path? And within that, what does the entry and exit criteria to a route as a BA look like? So given this was your question and something you posed to the group, Richard, do you want to kick us off with maybe your thoughts and the reasoning behind this uh, this particular question? Yes, definitely. Um, so I've worked with a lot of people who aren't fond of non-business analysts doing business analysis. But for me, I think it's it's a job that everyone can do, and it, it's more of a, a mindset specifically than a, than a, uh, a training or a career. Often, um, so with Australia Post, we've had uh, grad programs running for many years, um, and IBL in business learning. So that's uh, students who are currently studying and uh, working at the same time. Um, and when I first started seven years ago, uh, I was assigned some grads to manage and I found that there was a real uh real strong um uh <laughs> strong desire to keep working in the area but often um, a real lack of clarity on what the next step was so we'd offer them a two-year fixed term contract and uh get them involved but then at the end of that there was this kind of gap between uh graduate and junior so one of the things I got involved in was a career framework uh, discussion, understanding um, exactly what was required of each level and role, um, and just providing a bit more definition for people to come in uh, and move into a more permanent role in uh, the business analysis craft. That led also to the creation of a, a BA lead role as well, which is my role now. So I kind of accidentally created my own job, which was great. <laughs> Um, but the yeah, we've I found some really strong candidates were coming through that that graduate program. A lot of really motivated people, a lot of self starters, which I think is one of those things that comes up a lot with, um, and it will come up in Mike's uh, discussion. Is people who just really kind of own the, their own career and really go out there and grab things. But one of the things I uh, definitely found with these people coming into the role is a lot of the universities weren't really teaching what business analysis is, how to do it. Exactly, I'm seeing a lot of nods. That's good. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly what it is as a career. So I'd have a lot of uh, people who trained as developers come in, and I'd say to them, "So you know, what's a business analyst?" And they say things like, "They're the people who tell us what to build," which isn't you know obviously a, a terrible, uh, very very high level reading of what a business analyst is for. So I started up an intro course to kind of just explain. Uh, to these you know graduate developers and coming in what it was about and i found a lot of developers were very interested in pursuing this as a career that they became very interested in uh what what it actually is um so i got quite good at spotting the ones that are good they have that ba mindset which is often kind of an inherent thing that can't really be taught it's one it's that desire to understand the why behind um what it is you're doing um and they're quite often the people who are wanting to solve problems and help customers over 
you know, actually putting together lines of code and understanding, you know, the back the background of everything. Uh, so I've had a lot of success uh, since then with getting in very early on into the graduate program and talking to uh, IT graduates and telling them, you know, this is one of your options. Um, and one of the things we like to do is kind of six monthly rotations within the grad program. So I kind of get in nice and early and talk to them about business analysis is eventually one of your rotations um, and talk to, you know, what would that look like? Uh, what kind of skills and requirements we have of them moving into that role? I think one of the key advantages of getting somebody like a developer into a, a BA role is that T-shaped skills that we often talk about in software development is understanding uh, and being able to kind of jump in and assist. Um, it, I think at its uh, purest business analysis is about communication. So it's about taking something that somebody wants um, and translating it across uh, into something somebody does. So we're often, it's often a storytelling. It's about understanding perspective. Uh, and I think quite often understanding the technology uh, enables you to kind of explain constraints to stakeholders. So, you know, when stakeholders say, I want this, you're able to go, look, what you're asking for is not possible. Or if it is possible, then it's going to take several years. You know, we can actually talk, talk it through and go, let's, let's question what it is you're trying to achieve and then work out that the solution later. And it's also valuable going the other way. It's, it's valuable when you're talking to a developer and the business has asked for something, you're able to explain to the developer why it needs to be this, which bits are negotiable. You know, this page has to look like this, but does it have to have some of these things are specific? Some of these things are just the idea that the stakeholder had. Um, and one of the things as the BAs get more senior is that ability to kind of propose alternatives in both directions. So when somebody asks for something or something suggests something, you've got that knowledge of actually APIs can, different APIs can supply that information or, you know, you can work with, you can talk to the business and say, there's a whole different way of doing this. So I've, I've definitely found a lot of very strong uh, candidates uh, coming through there. And then moving out of that grad program into associate or junior business analyst and sort of embedding them into the, uh, you know, our, our life cycle. A lot of the time when I was uh, producing that, uh, what do I call it, the career framework, so the, the uh, skills required, a lot of what I'm looking for there hasn't been the hard skills specifically. It's been the soft skills and in a lot of cases, really looking strongly at attitudes. So if somebody approaches yeah. um, an, a problem with a very collaborative uh, mindset, um, I should say we work the scaled agile frameworks. So it, it is a very much a kind of everyone piles onto a problem. It's not business analysis done in isolation. So I'm looking very strongly at uh, collaboration. And as I said before, initiative, uh, that's always a key thing. I think having that the people who aren't afraid to go out and start making connections, start asking questions. Um, yeah, business analysis is like being a toddler, just asking questions over and over again until you start to understand the the whys. Um, and people who can kind of build their influence. So I think 
people who are able to, as I say, make connections, but also able to supply opinions uh, without it being any kind of a clash or, you know, kind of forceful, but that have that understanding of what they're trying to accomplish and, and able to make other people uh, aware of it, really. Yeah. So that, yeah, those, those are the kind of the key things that I've looked for. Um, and as I say, I've, I've seen a lot of very good developers kind of jump the fence. Um, so they've tried uh, being a front-end developer, uh, come across to my uh, business analysis practice and started to be very much more... I think there's a, a degree of control that a business analyst has that sometimes a developer doesn't, that they've really enjoyed. So I've, I think, I was trying to think the other day, I think nearly all of my graduates went on to become uh, junior business analysts and then on beyond. I've had a few go into kind of the delivery practice space or product ownership, which is kind of a natural um, you know, tendency for business analysts to transition that way. But I don't know that I've ever had any go back to being a developer. So I, I think that seemed like a, a decent stat as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, that, that's quite interesting. I mean, you've, you've talked not solely, but largely about kind of two very clear avenues, like from the pure technology role to moving into a BA role, working with technology, and obviously then talking about a graduate program as well, which for want of a better word, I guess might be viewed as a traditional route, um, mm -hmm. you know, particularly into a larger organization such as Australia Post, um, you know, going through that graduate framework. Um, I know, Mike, Endeavour Group have certainly seen some success bringing people in, you know, through completely different routes, haven't they, from the experience that we've discussed in the past. So did you want to kind of discuss that a little? Yeah, I'll have a chat about that. Um, I love that <laughs> an analogy. Business analyst like a toddler. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's why I haven't worked out what I'm going to do when I grow up yet. That, yes, yeah. So, yeah, um, Endeavour Group, we don't have a, a graduate program as such. Our BA practices in Endeavour X, which is our e-commerce brand, um, the BA practice is about 40 people. We do have um, other BAs in technology as well. We um, have a history, and in fact, we do this not just for BAs, but for dev and all sorts of other things, of actively canvassing the staff who work in the stores and the hotels, you know, Dan's Murphy's, BWSL, 350 hotels, and our distribution centres, and our support staff as well. Because um, what we find is we've got a lot of people out there some of them, you know, part-timers, obviously, because we're working in retail. But they've got masters of... I've got, we've taken on two this year, masters of analytics. One guy was working as a duty manager in Dan, Lee, Dan Murphy's at Thornley. The other guy was a assistant manager at one of our pubs down in Victoria. So we have what we call an associate program. And we bring these people in as full-timers. Um, they're already employed by the company, so that's no, no big deal. Um, and we bring them in as full-timers, as associates, stick them in with a squad to learn. Um, mm -hmm. We find that these people, like you were saying, they tend to be hungry, they tend to have a lot of initiative, and they tend to have a burning interest in it. Um, we've also had a couple of interns last year where there was a Victorian government program, which was a change of career type program, and they were arranged we're arranging internships for these people after they've done a 12-week course. We had two of those starting with last year. It was a 12-week internship. The One of them, we still have as an associate BA. Um, and she's going great guns. 
And just as you're saying, Richard, we also have people coming through from our QA group. Mm -hmm. I find that QAs make very good business analysts, particularly when it comes to acceptance criteria. Mm -hmm. They're always thinking about testability, aren't they? At the start, yeah, they're exactly. yeah, working backwards exactly. from, I know it worked, I don't know because. Yeah. 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 Um, we've also had a couple of developers switch across. Yeah. Um, and we keep looking, right? It's, we've done the same thing. I've been two years as a chapter lead here in Endeavor Group. We've done the same thing as you've done with the we, what we call a capability matrix to try and match skills to level. Yeah. And we're starting to use that more and more. Uh, there was a there's always been a thing I think in B, in the BA world where if you'd done five years as a BA, you were regarded as a senior. Um, we're trying to get away from that. Mm. We, we think there should be some sort of measure of what a senior should be able to do. Um, but one of the big things about that is, and relating to the next topic, but one of the big things about that is our people get to do a lot of buddying and mentorship of these associates. We always have a buddy or a mentor who is not part of the same work area. Um, so, but at the same time, for instance, I have one associate in my chapter at the moment. I have been having three times a week meetings with him, just to be on. But he is so hungry. <laughs> um, the other thing is, as you were saying too, we have got we do have a lot of movement um, out of the practice. I think we've lost sixteen people in the last two years to become product managers, and um, also about seven or eight to become delivery leads so we're continuously re replacing the associate pathway can make that rather quick because we've got people you know our talent team go out and actively canvas so they've got a whole list of people who've got varying qualifications and who are interested um yeah so different way of doing it but it's getting results for us mm -hmm. ah, I, I, okay. I often find i interview um a lot for product owners or product uh uh, producers as we call them um, and there's a lot of them who've uh, got a, a BA background so I think it's a, a similar mindset yeah I think it's good yeah I think you have to understand that you have to understand the the BA side of things really to effectively I mean all BAs work closely with product managers because that whole backlog prioritization understanding what a story is and what it's doing mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I think both both of you talking about great levels of movement in and out of the practice, despite vastly different approaches that you've specifically articulated there. Like, actually, sorry, not vastly different approaches, similar approaches, but for different groups of people in and out of the businesses, which I think is brilliant. Um, and Maria, I've seen a lot of nodding and agreement from you as uh, as Mike and Richard have spoken. So uh, I'm assuming you agree with a lot of what they say, but I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this as well. Yeah, no, um, I'm nodding my head because, you know, um, being through a similar journey, I guess, and, and, and myself and um, and I, I found myself um, also questioning, uh, I guess, when, when you're hugely ambitious, you think, well, what's the next step? I, I felt like, um, although I really do enjoy see, being a senior BA, I actually am a passionate um, personnel, and, but also like a leadership capability outplay, but once that task over, I'm thinking, what's next for me? And and hence, I ended up this early, uh, quite a new role um, created, which is technology engagement manager. So there's another pathway that I'm actually seeing, particularly superannuation industry, 
that we're finding there's a bit of a gap in that relationship um, between the business and, and, and technology and um, and these roles um, uh, quite suit well to um, business analysts, particularly, you know, when we talk about those soft skills, understanding the technology, having that background, but also having that ability, which is obviously a core BA skill set, to translate to communicate stakeholder engagements, um, uh, very important. And 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 um, yes, yeah, so I, I personally um, have found myself through through a um, similar journey, and, and I can relate to that. Um, and I think it's hard, particularly. Um, and I'm I'm so impressed, Rich, both of you, um, with with the programs that that you have running in your organisation. Not not every organisation is fortunate enough to yet be able to offer this um, graduate programs. Particularly, I have a lot of students coming to me, particularly through IIBA being, being the chair. And um, how do we get there? Um, how do we first, you know, step of getting the opportunity? Um, and I think these graduate programs are a great way to, to, to build to build our community. And, um, you know, and, you know, a lot of them do get all the certifications and, you know, but that's kind of that part of it. It's the experience part that is um, uh, harder to get. Um, and within mentorship programs, I think, Lucy, do you want me to cover that now? Or, um, oh, I'm happy for us to transition into that. I mean, you, you got <laughs> collective, you, you've collectively talked about, I guess, you know, people may be wondering what their next move is when they're at the senior end of the scale. You've talked about people coming in as graduates and Mike obviously talked about people coming in from kind of different career paths or different roles and things like that. So yeah, I mean, we, the next thing we were going to talk about was how do you effectively coach and mentor people at those different levels so yeah great great time to transition into that because we've already discussed people at so many different levels <laughs> um yes so with the mentorship and and coaching programs um particular mentorship and and within mentorship uh, the difference between that like, coaching and mentorship mentorship is more like a guidance learning from somebody with wealth of knowledge and experience and guiding you through as, as a career progression um, at the level that you are. And coaching is really, um, when I talk about coaching, it's more that career coaching discovery that you discover yourself and set yourself your own goals that you want to achieve. So I kind of like to clarify that because we do talk those, we use those terms interchangeably. And I, I, um, I did a bit of a speaking gig uh, recently at IIBA Festival uh, with Michael Jello, who, who, you know, we collaboratively um, did a speak and we talked about that as well. We're just going just to clarify. So what I do particularly within the mentorship programs, I actually, what the key to me is to tailor the mentorship program between different experience levels. Uh, I think that's the key. And we touched on a little bit about, you know, BA starting, associate, junior, BA, BA, um, and and. I agree with you. I think it was Mike, you mentioned, um, I'm trying to get away from the years of experience. It shouldn't be just the years because everybody, um, I guess, picks things up differently. And, and just because you might not have that many years of four or five years or whatever it is to be a senior, might not necessarily mean that you didn't have the exposure and, and, and you might have, you know, sped up your, your process of, of getting to that level. But if I'm looking, for example, for a, that starting BA alum, 
you know, I'll be focusing on those foundational skills. Um, I'll be providing guidance on the, you know, your basics that we talked about, the requirements, gathering, stakeholder, those soft skills that are really important. Um, and also ensuring that they can understand that business process at end to end. What does it mean to an end to end process of doing business analysis? And it's such a big, um, topic business analysis um you know i've got this tree that i do talk with it in some of my presentation and, and also my book that just touches core underlying principles and um you know you can't always you get thrown on a project you can't always have an experience in every aspect of um, business analysis so i think it's good to understand that um, and I also encourage um, individuals to put their hands up. They go into even smaller projects, you know, to build their confidence and getting their um, hands of experience. And don't shy away. Put your hand up. Um, you know, it might mean that you have to put in a bit more effort, you know, that hungry bit that we're talking about um, as you're learning. But, you know, it, it's it's well worth it. Um, then when we get to the middle level, and I've touched on a little bit personally for myself as well, um, what I'll be looking at, um, looking at the goals and refining and exp expanding those skill sets. It could be that you might decide to get into a certain domain. For example, I have had um, individuals that I was mentoring um, in technical space, technical analysis, and um, trying to discover oh, what do I do next? Should I go technical way? Should I go business analysis um, streamed? Um, and, um, and to me, it was about learning the domain knowledge. So that particular person, for example, decided to be a um, solution architect, believe it or not, gone down that path. And, you know, they've, ta they've taken certification TOGAF and, you know, they've got experience. Uh, again, putting their hands up at that work. Um, it's really important in, if you're full, full, to be full-time and work in that organization and looking for those opportunities, have that as part of your career career growth um and the other one that is really popular which i'm seeing more and more of it um is the product ownership and product management mm -hmm. i can i've done i've done a bit of it just as a get thrown in, in in those roles um and i'm like oh do i want to do that and then there's all this technology engagement manager also there's so much which is great it'll keep us employed forever <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also gives us opportunity to do different stuff with, particularly um, what I do have some individuals um, don't want to do uh, people management. I, I love people management because that's kind of part of the coaching. But I find a lot of business analysts don't want to just do that, um, you know, people management side. They actually like doing stuff, um, interesting stuff and, and, and learning more. So that's why it's, it's, it's so good to be to be in this field but then when we get to the senior level um, uh, what 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 I'm, what I'm discovering more is um, having those goals and, and mentorship programs around well getting to that strategic mindset um, to look into ways of effective communication with the c-level executives um, I had to personally do that and you know it, it's it's a little bit more nerve-wracking when you with the high level execs that I personally <laughs> was coaching or learning myself like that continuous learning of how to effectively communicate with the exec at the level that they need to know what they need to know um i think that's becoming really really popular i've seen even executive role um if you ever looked um in in commonwealth bank that do you have an executive uh like a business i've got her title zara if you follow her on um, LinkedIn, um, she just recently got yeah got into an exec role, and she's managing. Well, she's not personally managing; she's managing the whole practice, thousand business analysts. 
So there's such a big, big, you know, opportunity um, and you can choose to, to get to where you want to get to yourself. Um, I think what's important also when you really at the senior level is to understanding the strategies, overall strategies of organisations and, and being heavily involved. The other ways is also, like personally myself, you see I'm a busybody, you know, writing articles, doing a lot more public speaking and um, reach out to me if um, you want to look for opportunities. We're always looking for opportunities actually with IIBA because we're running a lot of network events and uh, we are looking for public. It's a really good forum to to give you uh, those opportunities and confidence, network, um, because it's our community. So um, I think it's a really good way of, of starting that. I've obviously published the, the book um, and that was Passion Project. So it did took me, take me two years to finally do it, but I did do it in six months' time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he talks about all my experience and, you know, I've talked about 90-day plans and, and overall um, strategies and that's what I might have mentioned. I've run masterclasses recently. I've just kicked that off and I had... Some very enthusiastic um, season beer, but also senior beers that want to build practices um, working with me on Saturdays um, on, in masterclasses um, 10 a.m. in the morning. So that was really exciting. So for me, like the key takeaway is um, that you, you should continuously um, assess yourself, um, set yourself those um, hairy goals that you want to achieve. Um, Look for people to provide you constructive feedback. I, th- I think that's very, very important. But at the same time, a growth mindset um, to be able to, to grow into um, those roles. Continuous learning, um, obviously having resilience, um, networking, um, hugely important. And the last time I like to make you are in your driver's seat of your own career development. So make sure you get on to set yourself a plan and and some timeframes for what you want to achieve. Uh, absolutely love that, Maria, and I think you, you've touched on so many different ways, um, you know, to to mentor and coach people. And some of them may not even seem like mentor and coaching in the moment. Like the, I like the fact you talked about the community stuff. Like get involved in your community, just learn from other people. You will learn from others without necessarily kind of have to individually, you know. It, Somebody, a mentor doesn't have to be somebody that sits down with you, you know, once one and tells you what your next step looks like. It can be anybody that you're learning from in the right environment. Um, but having said that, Maya, and I mean, you kind of already touched on this earlier. You said some of what you do in terms of kind of mentoring for some of those associates that come into your business. Um, it's just those regular touch points. I guess, did, did you want to build on that? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we're actually developing a formal mentorship program in, in the um, company at the moment for um, BAs and possibly others as well. Um, <clears throat> we've got the help. We we're lucky we've got a uh, new BA who's just started with us, but he spent two years as a mentor with IOBA in Sydney. So oh, yeah. he's got a good handle on that formalized way of doing things right. Um, and obviously we have informal. Everybody who starts gets a buddy thrown at them um, and they work with that buddy to learn about the company, to learn about how we work, etc., etc. Um, that's all very important stuff, and that's just standard. But the formal mentorship, we hope, will enable people to say, I really want to understand these things better, and we can find someone who will be able to work with them in that way. So, you know, maybe a 12-week 12 12 period or something like that. Keep it short, keep it sweet, see if we get some success. And then it'll probably continue on in an informal way. The other thing we're doing is 
we do do coaching as well. So somebody says to us, ah, oh, I want to become a chapter lead. That's where I see my next career move. So chapter leads in Endeavor, there's four of us for the 40 odd BAs. Um, we are part-time chapter leads, part-time BAs. So we're supposedly 50% people management, 50% on the tools. And we have a practice lead who's 100% um, management. Um, so we have one lady who started with us as a chapter lead, uh, well, early this year. Um, but she was in my chapter as a BA. She was a senior BA. Um, and she'd already indicated she wanted to go that way. Um, so our practice manager, myself, various other people were working with her to build up those skills that she needed to get that that way. The other thing we've got is the notion of a principal BA. We expect our senior BAs to become strategic. You're right. But a principal is what you were talking about, Maria, the person who's got that understanding of the corporate corporate strategy who can be across several product areas because they can understand the differences and the strengths that come from them and they can deliver insight and help the BAs who are working in those areas and direct them um, we haven't got any yet we've got a couple of people we think will become principal BAs so that's it's just to give some people another another path away from people management because a lot of people want to do people management mm -hmm. and i was trying to avoid people management too <laughs> <laughs> unsuccessfully <laughs> uh, yeah, very unsuccessfully unfortunately yeah no well, fortunately i actually do enjoy it <laughs> but yeah so yeah we want the formal mentorship i think is going to be very good but the informals work really well um particularly with the associates um the guy who's in my chapter started from a hotel um, and he's he's working. We're, we're developing a new loyalty app for our hotels um, and that's what he's working on. So he brought in a wealth of business knowledge, another good reason to bring associates in because they know what they're talking about. <laughs> They've been at the coalface. Um, but his buddy's in Perth. And with this virtual working that we do now, it works so well. It gives us a lot more choice, right? We can match people up a lot, easy, a lot more easily. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's really important. And the other thing I found, I've got a friend who works in one of the big accountancy firms. She's a product manager in there. Um, she's got one BA, that BA is isolated because none of the other product groups in that part of the organization have a BA. My friend happens to be a former BA. That's why she brought on a BA. And she asked me to have a chat with her because she was just feeling lost. Because mm. the only, the only way she could see to move was product management. So. I managed, managed to have a good chat with her. I'll keep in touch with her. And this is, again, an informal type arrangement. Um, and I've also put her in touch with a BA, another part of that organization who's got a lot of experience as well. So, yeah, I think we'll find... Well, I think, I hope we can do more of that as well. Nice. And I, look, I, I think that comes back to that informal part as well. It comes back to the informal part. It also comes back to that community part, like lean on the people lean on the people in that community to help you where you can uh, and i absolutely love that you've done that for for a couple of people as well mike um richard can you hear your thoughts yeah i'm, I'm just jotting down notes like crazy here because my main ulterior motive for coming on here is just to steal stuff so uh <laughs> yeah I've, I've, i'm really interested in that thought of a uh, principal ba because i've got a few seniors who are not at all interested in people management but there's nowhere for them to go 
And rather than losing them to a product space, it's a great thought to think of that maybe more of a another level to get to that is at a more enterprise strategic level. Do you find that they're largely advisory or are they uh, they're still kind of hands on or are they kind of looking at big programs of work and trying to condense them? It's a really good question because, as I said, we haven't got any yet. Ah, you agree? Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, are, we, we are thinking that, yes, there, there's sort of two directions it can take. They may well be sort of looking at a, you know, a more strategic advisory type role. Mm. They may actually be in a lead role to lead uh, an effort across a number of, um, number of squads. In some ways, I do that already in my own role. Because mm-hmm. I'm working with the hotels, um, hotels app, the loyalty app, and I've got two BAs in the squads. I'm doing some work on the business side, and I'm also working very closely with the head of product to make sure that this thing happens. Um, so ex- we expect that sort of thing to happen. Um, and you're quite right; there may well be sort of big pieces of work that need someone to really understand the BA work that's going on around those big pieces of work, and and to help direct that. Mm. And I, if you want me to, I can just, just um, jump into that as well. We've recently have got actually two strategic analysts at Unisuper, like for the last couple of months, and our whole organisation is going through with their strategy development, and um, and then the the, the BA, one of the BS, he was the BA manager, but um, he didn't like um, managing people <laughs> that side, and she loves getting herself she's very strategic she's loving the role but where she's getting um at the moment quite quite involved it's it's those big programs at work that are just kicking off so we're starting the next financial year um i work very closely with her i mean i was on the product side um where you know we did the visioning you know the lean canvases putting them all together make sure the right benefits that they flesh out what the I, I guess the, um, the the schedule look like, you know, your key work packages and making sure, you know, there's a key alignment from a, a benefits and really um, challenging the status quo of the business to make sure that they're, they're really articulated um, their benefits, you know, to, uh, correctly and then they've contributing to the overall vision. So, yeah, and 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 I think it's 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 so good to have those roles because it really really helps. You know, once you kick off these projects that works, that you had an analytical hat on to ask the right question, to challenge the business, to make sure that what we're putting in scope is making making. And you know, scope and we know scope creep is is one of the biggest challenges on a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How do you? I think it's brilliant, and I think. All business analysts want to be involved as early as possible in the process. So I think obviously that's really, uh, really valuable having somebody at that strategic level. So that way, as strategic ideas come through, you've got a, an analyst on site to start to go, hey, let's actually think about this. Let's understand the why. How do you make sure that these things cascade down appropriately? Because one of the things we find is sometimes we have an enterprise level BA that then has to pass things to like a, a lead or a, a BA in a development team. And the kind of loss of knowledge, the fact that it's kind of somebody tells somebody something, it becomes a little bit Chinese whispers. Um, how do you make sure that we that you don't lose that information, that kind of uh, cascading or continuity? Mm. So we, we do, um, I guess, have got templates heavily created around like lean canvases and, and mm-hmm. that, I guess, BA and I work very closely, I guess we're not, 
like a huge organization yet that we I continue that communication um, as well mm -hmm. as um, a lot of documentation and and kind of um, that role still in, in embedded within the business analysis practice so that the lead can communicate and and talk so we, we will go and backwards and forwards and clarify things um so the strategic analyst doesn't just forget about it leaves it and goes throw over the fence yeah yeah so they're still involved um and 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 you know if you've got the right i mean templates are one thing but you know you need to have things documented right as well mm. that you go back and and sometimes literally like you say that interpretation what's there what, what what does that actually mean and um that we, we we do run like workshops kick up workshops and um we get them involved as well so they don't just just do the work and leave i guess i think it's the continuous collaboration yeah, yeah I, I, I think that's how we see the principles that re, um working as well they're not up there without any <laughs> reference to the ba's in the, in the in the product teams, they can't be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going to be communicating. They're going to be. It's going to be a continuous process. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I was, do. yeah, communicate. Exactly right. But one of the things, like if um, and I'm certified AAC through Agile Business Analysis, um, at IBA, it does talk about you know they talk about horizons, but it does talk about that you're constantly validating, going back to strategic and giving feedback as you're delivering. And at times you might even stop something if it's not, um, you know, delivering that. So even if you have the product owner, product manager. They should be still collaboratively working with the strategy and 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 you know in that role like yeah collaboration well i, th I think you've uh, you've inadvertently with with those questions richard brought us quite nicely onto to the third topic of the conversation uh, and this was something mike that you posed um which is what is the importance of self-directed learning as a ba in progressing your own career and skill set and the reason i say i think we've transitioned into that is because you know when you're talking about principal bas it's well, okay, you've decided what you want to go and do to an extent. Like, what are you doing to go and find it? But do, do you want to talk more a, a little bit to this, Mike, first of all? Yeah, okay. Um, obviously, self-directed learning is important. Probably pretty much any profession, let's face it. Um, nowadays, companies don't have much of a training budget. And we certainly don't see much of it. Um so self-directed learning is really important. One thing that we find, though, is that it's much better if we can help in the self-direction. Um, so one of the big things we've actually got, and it's a, it's, a, it's a massive thing for us as far as individuals, is that we have a corporate membership for Udemy, which means that there's no charges. So, oh, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, everybody... Has got the right, has, can get a license. The only requirement is they must do, I think it's a couple of hours a month. We also are endeavoring to have 20% chapter time for our people. That's not just BAs, but it's design, it's delivery, it's, um, it's devs, it's QAs. And that 20% time is for things like self-directed learning, for practice meetings, etc., etc. practice initiatives. Um, so really important. We actually have a, we have put together a one pathway on Udemy for our associates, aspiring BAs and, and for aspiring BAs. So, you know, somebody from Q1 
QA on comes to us and says, look, I'm really interested in becoming a BA. We say, we'll start with these courses on Udemy. They won't take you that long and they'll give you a good understanding of the basics. And we're continuing to work at that. But what I'm finding is that our people, I'm actually a bit like this too. It's a bit like, you know, you, you go into Google and then you come out three hours later. <laughs> when you've got all these courses at your disposal, you've got this tendency to say, oh, shiny. <laughs> so we do have to help a bit with um, don't overdo it and don't try and go down the whole path, right? Um, <laughs> one of my guys was trying to learn about something. I can't remember what it was, but he, was, he said, I found three Udemy courses on this. And I said, no, you don't need that. It's really technical. All you need to know is what's in this one page that I'm about to send you. And then if you need to know more later, do it. But that'll give you the basics. I think it was something like Postman. Um, but yeah, so we find it's really useful. We find people are happy to go and do it too. People um, are doing all sorts of different self-learning, all right? We have one of our people wants to get into data. So she's doing a data analytics course at Sydney, uni. Um, you know, you expect those. Um, but a lot of people are just doing Udemy courses. They're doing certifications. One of our guys got CPAP um, a month or so ago. I think he studied, he really worked at it. He studied seriously for for about three months and then just took the exam, bang, done. He's one of our, one of our better BAs, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we find, that we encourage, we... Um, we tell them to take some time out and they've got time though they can take time out to do it during work as well i think that's really important the fact that we are encouraged them to do it and giving them some time to do it even though they'll do it out of ours as well the fact that we're doing that means that they're far more open to actually formally doing it and it'll be in their career development uh, their goals and things like that um in their annual plans you know, they say, I want to become better at something and I'm, I'm going to do these these courses so that I can do it. Um, so, yeah, really important. And really important that they figure out what they want to do. We give advice, but they figure out what they want to do and they figure out what looks good as far as courses go. And that they put reviews up on Confluence so the other guys can see it. Yeah, I, I, I was going to actually, and actually before I get to that, I, I'm not sure whether you intended to... Uh suggest that Endeavour was endeavouring to set targets uh, around self-development as a pun deliberately or not, Mike, but I'm going to give you the credit anyway. We actually have, <laughs> we actually have one of our things is we endeavour to do better. <laughs> Excellent. Then I, I, I'll, I'll definitely give you credit for it. But um, I guess for each of you, where, where you are kind of mentoring and coaching and you've got people in the business, you know, to what degree do you want to see a level of commitment around self-directed learning? I guess before... Not before, but in tandem with the time and effort you're willing to give up from your own day, week, month, etc., to help people get to that next stage in their career. Yeah, I think it's, it's really. Sorry, <laughs> I I think it's really key that people have that drive because uh, I've worked with BAs that haven't had it, and it's awfully hard to say they're just sitting there waiting to become a senior. And like we were saying before, like you know, tenure is no actual uh, measure of ready for being a senior. Um, and so there have been times where you, some of them really need that push. Um, it, it gets very tricky to be like, Look, do this, do this. They keep coming back to you. What now? I've done that. It, it's I, You do need a certain amount of go get. And especially with BA where we need them to be able to be independent. 
you can't just be like you you're monitored all the time we can watch you work we need people who go out and are prepared to take things on their initiative i thought about this i tried this so i i think uh it, it's part of that mindset i was talking about earlier where you need people you need to recognize people who are able to do that or at least encourage it in people if they're not immediately able to it's, it's something you look for when you when you're employing when you're in very much uh, yeah you want somebody who's hungry i mean it, obviously people have been in this been around for quite a while like i have i'm not that hungry to advance my career <laughs> um i'm hungry I, I love learning new stuff though and let's face mm. it every workshop i go on i learn something new i learn something about techniques from other people or i learn something about business that i didn't know but um yeah, you want people who, who have that desire to learn. And as far as people who are, seem to be waiting, that's a mindset issue and that's a people management problem. And yeah. if anybody's got some good answers on that, that's another whole free podcast, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much. At least. <laughs> um, Maria, what were, your, what were your thoughts? I mean, you've obviously t- you obviously talked a lot about kind of people actively approaching you and saying hey how do i get to this like you know what do you encourage people to do around that uh, i think it, it's similar like um i guess you know the out of uni out of you know you've got that crowd that will be so hungry they want to learn and they're absorbed so they'll potentially put themselves in a lot of courses but you you have some you know you might be at the tail end of your career and then and um you're quite happy just finishing on doing stuff that you do in those scenarios I will um I guess I'll still work with the individuals to see what their interests are because there's always something new that you want to learn um um for example uh, I had somebody that um actually just enjoys the technical side of things and you know there's the free courses in 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 Azure DevOps you know all that cloud um that's coming aboard so they just we put there in their um development plan so Always encourage people to learn something new um, because it will help their job and also, you know, broaden your horizons. And 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 we are in technology space. We need to continue learning. I mean, I find it personally myself that things are changing. There's different ways of doing things that um, it will still help you successfully do um, a be strong business analyst um, as well. Mm-hmm. AI, yeah. another totally new topic, right? So um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Learning a lot of it myself now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, things are changing. There's no doubt about that. Right? I mean, 37 years in IT. Back in 1986, when I started as a trainee programmer with Defence, I was writing applications in assembler. Uh, it's to look back at that from where we are now and the amount of change that's happening and the rate of change is increasing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny you say that. Actually, the the last episode that I recorded talking about. And you know leadership within and around business analysis teams. Actually, Mike, with one of your colleagues on that particular episode, Ramya, um, one of the questions, one of the topics we talked about was, you know, how how will AI and various AI tools assist a business analyst, um, you know, in the years to come? And that that turned into a very interesting topic around kind of what are the things you can automate and. Uh, ultimately what we broke it down to is a lot of what you guys are reiterating today the stuff you can't break down and the stuff you can't give right now to a machine to assist you is the communication um and i think one of the things one of the sentences we came out of that particular episode with was or episode with was just around that you know at the end of the day requirements gathering is at the absolute core of what a ba needs to be able to do well and 
if that isn't done well by a human at the beginning, it doesn't matter what you like, what that next step is, who or how you pass that on to something else to do. If you haven't done that first step well, you're not going to get the outcome you want. Um, and if you again, if you pass that on to some something else, a machine, a, a program to automate, that program's not going to ask at various iterations during the process of how am I going? Have I done this bit well so far? They're not going to be speaking to the product team. They're not going to be speaking to you know, in your case, Mike, the hotels and the bit the people kind of in stores to find out whether it or not is working. They're going to go away and develop the whole thing and realize it's not what you quite wanted for. And you're almost back to agile software development all over again. Sorry, waterfall software development all over again, where you deliver the whole thing before realizing you've got a problem. So I think, um, yeah, it kind of brings us back to a pretty common theme that seems to come up every time I have these conversations is just how essential, you know, the, the human communication element of this role is. Oh, it is the number one thing, right? It's that requirements gathering and communication in order to do that and communication between business people, your stakeholders, and the people who are doing the technology work. That's where we stand. That's what, we're, that's what we do. Yeah, agree. I think that's, uh, Mike, I actually think you've given us a beautiful line to probably wrap up the episode of today's <laughs> conversation. Like that's, a be- that's an excellent way to sign off. Right. Um, <laughs> look, guys, would love to say before we do wrap up today thank you so much to all three of you for sharing your thoughts today um you know i'm sure there will be people that listen to this that really take away different methods different ways and approaches and you know maybe even reach out to yourselves for further tips as well and i'm sure people will take things from this for their own personal and professional journeys as well so um for those listening thanks again today and the people you've been listening to are maria montgomery from uni super Mike Harris from Endeavour Group and Richard Harrison from Australia Post. Uh, selfless plug or sh- shameless plug here, but if you are about to undergo a program work and need to hire some BAs like these guys, <laughs> uh, then please don't hesitate to reach out to us here at Evolution. Similarly, if you want to be part of a future discussion on a similar topic, then again, please reach out. We always want to hear from people that would be keen in discussing these to- types of topics on our podcast. Uh, so again, my name is Lewis Burks. You can find me on LinkedIn as well as the link to the profile in our full series of podcasts. Thanks again to all our guests for today and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us again soon on the Evolution Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.